Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa in Nairobi, Kenya, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we continue to look ahead to the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations in Cameroon, as rumours continued this week about the possible postponement of the tournament, and as the Confederation of African Football President Patrice Motsepe insisted that it is going ahead as planned. I'm here from January 7th, and if I'm here January 7th, everybody must be here 7th. More from Motsepe later. Also our thoughts on CAF appointing four female referees for the tournament. And we'll be asking whether 2021 was a good year or a bad year for African football. And we look ahead to the busy period coming up in the English Premier League. But let's start with a word on the CAF Super Cup as Al Ahly of Egypt won it again as they beat Raja Casablanca of Morocco on penalties following a 1-1 draw in the game played in Qatar. It's an eighth Super Cup for Al Ahly, who are coached by the South African Pizzo Mossimani, who continues with his successful spell at Africa's most successful club. Al Ahly are ten-time winners of the African Champions League, and the Super Cup is where the Champions League winner meets the Confederation Cup winner. So it's just two weeks now to the start of the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations finals in Cameroon, kicking off on the 9th of January. And as Passion for Sport will be bringing you a daily show on the Nations Cup, it's called Cameroon Roars, all about the excitement of the tournament. And you'll be able to listen online and on various stations around Africa and beyond. So we're excited about this Cameroon Roars every day throughout the Africa Cup of Nations. Well, meanwhile, the rumours and speculation about the possible postponement of the Nations Cup continued this week, and the president of the Confederation of African Football, Patrice Motsepe, insisted on two occasions that the tournament will go ahead as planned. Motsepe spoke to reporters after meeting Cameroon's president, Paul Beer, on Wednesday, and the day before he spoke to reporters as he visited Yaoundé's Olembe Stadium, which will host the opening match on the 9th of January. We are ready to show the world the best of African football, but also the best of African hospitality and the best of... We are Africans are a caring and a loving people. So it's going to be a successful AFCON, the most successful. I'm here from January 7th. And if I'm here January 7th, everybody must be here 7th. So come January 9th, they must kick off. But it's also important, we have to believe in our people. We have to stop being the ones that lack confidence and are always expressing skeptical, negative views of our own people. Uh, All over the world, there are competitions where there are challenges and sometimes people get 95%. We have to be more optimistic. And sometimes we are over-critical of ourselves. If we are not going to have confidence in our people, who's going to have confidence? in our people. So I'm, I'm confident, I'm excited, we can host a football competition that's as good as you can see in Europe and in the world. So see you when we start January 9th. As I said, I'm going to be here January 7th. I'm bringing my wife and children because we are all Cameroonians now. 
So that's Patrice Motsepe, the CAF president, as emphatic as can be, saying the Nations Cup is kicking off as scheduled on the 9th of January. And Motsepe's comments came as speculation persisted that the finals might be delayed or even cancelled because of problems uh, with COVID-19. And preparations continue for the 24 teams, or it might actually be 23. Here in Zimbabwe, there are great concerns that the country will be banned from international football. This after the government-appointed Sports and Recreation Commission suspended the board of the Zimbabwe Football Association. Uh, FIFA said this week that the Sports and Recreation Commission must reverse the suspension uh, by the 3rd of January. Otherwise, they will take action, which could be a ban from international football and which could see Zimbabwe missing out on the Nations Cup. We'll keep you posted on that one. And also coaches are busy naming their squads for the Nations Cup and are surprised that Chelsea's Hakim Ziyech has not been included in the Morocco squad. And also CAF has released the list of referees for the tournament this week. Among the 63 officials, there are four women, uh, one centre referee from Rwanda, assistant referees from Cameroon and Morocco, and also a Moroccan among the VAR officials. Uh, So we could see history being made with a female match official at the Nations Cup finals for the first time, Ida. Absolutely, Steve. Well, the four are Salima Mukasanga from Rwanda. Now, she was also at the Olympics in Tokyo and uh, was one of only three African referees at the 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup. We also have Karin Atemzabong from Cameroon and the Moroccan duo of Fatiha Jarmoumi and Bushra Karboubi. Now, it is interesting to note that the Moroccans are the majority here. And I would like to think, and uh, I don't know if this is the case, but I would like to think that this is also a bit of an ode, you know, to everything that the North African country is doing, you know, to improve the status of the women's game. And uh, it's definitely a positive move from CAF. I mean, we did see female referees at the under-17 Afghan. We saw them at the Chan. So it was expected, you know, pretty much and only natural that the continental body would do the same at the Nations Cup. And generally, Steve, I mean, lots of history has been made globally in 2021, especially in regards to women in the game. Now, Of course, those invested would hope, you know, that these changes happened even earlier. But look, it's better late than never. I mean, we did see Stephanie Propar, you know, become the first female referee to officiate a men's World Cup qualifier. That was back in March. We saw an all-woman refereeing team, Steve, all the way through to VAR for the World Cup qualifier. That was between England and Andorra. We saw Maria Caputi, you know, become the first female referee to officiate a game that involved a Serie A club. So in this regard, Steve, it is commendable that CAF indeed is moving the global way. And uh, something else that I found interesting, I hope the listeners will too, is uh, the Inter-Confederation Skills Exchange Program, you know, between different regions. In this case, Steve, we will have two referees from the CONCACAF region who will be present at the Nations Cup. Yes, the things are developing and a good transfer of skills there. Thanks, Ida. Stay with us. More on the Africa Cup of Nations here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport on the show next week. 
And as the year comes to an end, we'll be looking back at 2021 in African football this week and next week here on the show. Well, it certainly was better than 2020 in terms of playing football in the COVID-19 scenario, with the Chan finals held successfully in Cameroon at the start of the year, and all of the continental club fixtures and national team qualifiers were played around Africa. On the controversial side, one issue and accusation that we heard this year was the weaponization of COVID-19 in African football. Some teams accused their opponents of arranging fake positive COVID-19 results to rule players out of action ahead of games. Simba of Tanzania were accused of this twice by their opponents in the early rounds of the CAF Champions League, although they denied the allegations, first by Nigerian club Plateau United and then by FC Platinum of Zimbabwe. Five key FC Platinum players were ruled out of their game against Simba after testing positive for COVID-19, along with three officials, this just before the game which they lost 4-0. Well, there were allegations of dirty tricks, but retests were done after the game and the eight all tested positive again. FC Platinum still insists that COVID testing is being used to destabilise their team by their opponents. And their coach Norman Mapeza says he's used to dirty tricks being used in continental competitions. And he alleges that this is the latest trick. Look, I, I played for the national team and those things used to happen before. But there was this, there was a time where, where, where everything started to flow, where we thought if you can go away, you can play well, you can get a result. But with what I saw in Tanzania, that's my fear. I think that cancer again is coming back to, to African football, you know. And if CAF is not going to do anything about that, then I don't know where really we are, we are heading to with football in Africa, you know. Because the people they can't take advantage of this COVID pandemic to to, to get a qualification to to, to to the next round or to the group stages. I think CAF needs to be strict. The lessons we have learned in Tanzania, the, the, the real harsh lessons, but it's, we are learning, we are learning, especially for the guys, they are learning. I spoke to them, these things used to happen when I used to play with the national team, but those are lessons to learn. That's Norman Mapeza, the coach of Zimbabwean club FC Platinum, speaking earlier this year. And as I say, Simba totally denied those accusations. But there were allegations too at the African Nations Championship, the Chan, and by many other clubs in continental competition. Uh, So that was one of the controversies this year. Now, also, we had a new CAF president, the South African billionaire Patrice Motsepe, who we heard from earlier. And Motsepe has promised to move African football forward. He was also, though, accused of being manipulated by the FIFA president Gianni Infantino as Africa became a key ally of FIFA, supporting the FIFA plan for the World Cup to be held every two years instead of every four years. And also we saw Motsepe accepting in principle the somewhat controversial proposal for a CAF Super League, even though the European Super League failed this year. And elsewhere on the pitch, we saw the CAF Women's Champions League launch successfully this year, and Egypt's Mohamed Salah was rated by many as the best player in the world in the second half of 2021. So looking back, Ida, was it a good year for African football? I would agree with you, Steve. I mean, in comparison to 2020, we definitely have seen a lot of action both on and off the pitch in 2021. And as I said not too long ago, you know, between all the drama we've witnessed, honestly, it is safe to say that it's not been a boring year, (laughs) you know. As for the allegations of weaponizing COVID, well, 
look, I have a feeling that we'll see more of that as the days go by. It's definitely unfortunate. Uh, but not until CAF can actually be able to do something, maybe partner with specific testing centers in the different countries. Look, we'll see. Um, what's up is campaign and eventual election. Well, a lot of people argued that it was largely fueled by FIFA. And now in his occupation of the seat, people say that he, you know, sort of has to pay the piper, if you will. All this, of course, Steve is just talk, but some would be forgiven for believing it, given Kaf's support of pretty much anything FIFA. I mean, Steve, we see UEFA, CONCACAF, even some of the World Cup's own sponsors, as we discussed not too long ago, negating Infantino's proposal for a biennial World Cup. But CAF remain at the forefront. Now, one can only wonder if such support is truly just down to conviction and, you know, belief in the dream or, you know, frankly, something else. And uh, the same can be said for the African Super League, something that will need an initial investment, Steve, of $20 million from each club. As I've been regularly asking, how, you know? Uh, but on the flip side, we did see the inaugural CAF Women's Champions League, and this was a highlight of women's football generally in Africa. Now, there are still questions, to be honest, over the tournament's prize money. And uh, in that regard, CAF really should do something. But in terms of the quality of football, the level of football, you know, giving these ladies a chance, Steve, I will say that it definitely was a step in the right direction. Many, of course, are looking forward to the Afghan and uh, CAF has assured that the competition is still on and on a positive note as well. And this might be, you know, something that got lost, I think, amidst all the COVID news and what have you. But the Senegal men's national football team, Steve, isn't the only one that's doing their country proud. Uh, the Lions of Teranga played at the 2021 FIFA Beach Soccer World Cup, that's right, in Russia, got all the way to the third place playoff en route to beating Brazil. So, you know, it has been an interesting year generally. Yes, uh, thanks for that roundup, Ida. And we're asking for your thoughts on this on social media this week. Was this a good year for African football? You can post a comment on our Facebook page. That's Planet Sport Football Africa. Or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. What do you think? Was it a good year or a bad year for African football? Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And still to come, a Stuart on the English Premier League and on the amazing game last weekend, that thrilling 2-2 draw between Tottenham and Liverpool. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA, and you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. And a reminder of our big news that we'll be bringing you a daily show on the Africa Cup of Nations called Cameroon Roars. You'll be able to listen online and on various stations around Africa and beyond. You can listen on the app. That's probably the best way to get the action every day. Again, to download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. 
to social media now. And last week we asked, do we need more African legends running football? This as the four-time African footballer of the year, Samuel Eto'o, became the new president of the Cameroon Football Association. He's one of just a small number of African legends to become FA presidents, with Zambia's Kalusha Bwalia among them. Uh, so we asked, do you think that we need more former international players to be running football around Africa, uh, given their vast experience of the game? Or will they struggle with the football politics and a lack of management skills? Uh, let's start in Kenya, where Tobias Wangila said, as long as they know what leadership requires, let's give them a chance. And uh, Waka Drama in the Gambia said, yes, in Africa, we do need our retired professionals to run our football because they've been there and they know what African players go through when playing for their countries. Uh, Yaya Diba in the Gambia said, yes, I want to encourage African legends to take up the responsibility of running football in their countries. Samuel Eto'o is good and I want my country, the Gambia, to follow suit, says Yaya also in the Gambia, Bakari Tamba says, yes, former internationals should take the responsibility. Samuel Eto is a legend in football. I can assure you that Cameroon football will be moving to another level in the years to come, says Bakari. And Adam Barup in Nigeria says, if they have the technical and management skills to run the affairs of African football, why not? Who to handle it better than the legends, says Adam. Uh, but others had those concerns too about the abilities needed. Belong Baji in the Gambia says, having more African football legends at the helm is another way of honouring them, but most will struggle when it comes to management, says Belong. And Keba Jalong Asane says, we definitely need them to run our football associations with their vast experience, but most of the African football legends lack the management skills so that will cause problems for them, and in the long run, they will fail, says Keba. And Amadou Jallo says, yes, we need more of them. As the saying goes, he who feels it knows it, but I believe they have to study management before going for the post, says Amadou. And we heard from Emil Kwasi Kontevi in Ghana, and Emil says Eto should justify this point about building stadiums. Uh, yes, Samuel Eto claimed that he would uh, build a lot of stadiums in Cameroon, as many as 12, although last week on the show Ida questioned whose responsibility is it, in fact, uh, to build infrastructure. And finally, we heard from Shahid Ali Kilai in Somalia, who asks, where's Didier Drogba? And uh, that's a very pointed reference to the Chelsea and Ivory Coast legends' failure to win the post of president at the Ivory Coast Football Association earlier this year. And Drogba seemed not to play his football politics right, as he didn't manage to get the support of crucial stakeholders in football in Ivory Coast. So a very strong point there from uh, Shahid in Somalia. So thanks to everyone who got in touch on that one. Right next here on Planet Sport Football Africa to the English Premier League, a very busy time coming up with two rounds of games coming in the space of five days as we reach the halfway stage this season. I'm joined by Stuart Weir, our European football expert in the UK. And let's start by going back to last weekend, Stuart. What a great game between Tottenham and Liverpool as they drew 2-2. I think that was the Premier League at its best. Goals, drama, excitement. Controversy. Tottenham took the lead with a goal from Harry Kane. 
Now, last year, that wouldn't have been worth mentioning. But remember that that was incredibly Harry Kane's second league goal of the season. But then Liverpool took a 2-1 lead with Andy Robertson scoring after the ball had struck Mo Salah's arm in the build-up. Now, let me remind you of the interpretation of handball. Last year, we had the situation that if the ball struck the arm of a forward, accidental handball, but the player gained an advantage from it, leading to a goal being scored, the goal was disallowed. But at the same time, the same accidental handball by a defender was not penalised. But then in the summer, the interpretation of the law was changed, so that a ball striking the arm of a forward was only penalised if the player whose arm was struck put the ball in the net. So the situation where the ball clearly struck Salah's arm, he gained an advantage, but because Robertson scored, the referee correctly awarded the goal. Uh, And then Tottenham equalised through Son, making the result 2-2. But we haven't started even to talk about the controversy. In the first half, Harry Kane made a sliding tackle on Andrew Robertson, catching Robertson's shin with his studs. Referee Paul Tierney showed Kane a yellow card and that was confirmed by VAR. Later in the game, Robertson tackled Emerson Royale from behind, kicking the back of his leg. Tierney again showed a yellow card, but this time VAR suggested that the referee look at the incident on the screen, which resulted in yellow becoming red. Now, the general view of the two incidents is that it's hard to see why Robertson got a red card and Kane did not. Neither incident was absolutely clear-cut. Two yellow cards or two red cards, but not really a case for one red and one yellow. Now, in addition, both managers thought that their team should have had a penalty, but the referee didn't award one and VAR did not intervene. But at the end of the game, Steve, a TV microphone picked up the Liverpool manager, Jurgen Klopp, saying to Paul Tierney, you know, I don't have a problem with any referees except for you. This season, interestingly, Liverpool have received 27 yellow cards and one red. 27 and one. And 11 of the yellow cards and the one red have been given by Paul Tierney. And would you believe it, Liverpool play Chelsea early in the new year. And yes, Paul Tierney has been appointed to referee it. Now, I've got one lovely fact about that game. James Milner played in midfield for Liverpool alongside Tyler Morton. Milner made his first appearance in the Premier League in November 2002. And on that day, Tyler Morton was 10 days old. Ah, that's quite something. And uh, what a game it was. Uh, so much controversy. And I guess a draw was a fair result. And that certainly is why we love football so much. Uh, so a busy time in the English Premier League with two rounds of games coming in five days, uh, three rounds in the space of nine days and some clubs playing three matches in only seven days. Uh, the Liverpool Leeds and Wolves Watford games have been postponed uh, this because at Wolves and Watford both have uh, too many players ill with COVID-19 uh, plus too many injuries in the squad and the Leeds training ground has been closed. So we'll see how many games do end up being played. Uh, Manchester City-Leicester looks like a big game on Sunday, and it's such a packed schedule, Stuart. This is historically part of English football. There's a great tradition of watching football on the 26th of December. Some clubs get their highest attendance of the year on that day. 
And you could say it shouldn't be a problem to play three games in a week when you've got a squad of 30 international players. But the problem this year is COVID. With virtually every Premier League club having some players isolating because of the pandemic, and for example Manchester United having to close down their training ground for several days, managers are expressing concern both about their ability to field a strong team and about the risk to injury if players have not been able to train properly because of closed facilities. Several clubs have asked for games to be postponed and we understand that some clubs are asking for a two-week shutdown. Thomas Tuchel has been saying that Chelsea have been really badly hit with injuries to key players and that he says that he will have to use a lot of youth players over the Christmas period. And for last week's game against Wolves, Chelsea named six substitutes, two of them goalkeepers, instead of the permitted nine. It's certainly a time when results will be determined less by which team has the best 11 players, but by which clubs have the greatest strength and depth. There are no games during the Christmas period when so-called top six clubs play each other. You mentioned Man City-Leicester, yes, but on paper... Not many shocks would be expected, but that's without taking into consideration fatigue, COVID, injury and so on. Team selection will be very important. And, you know, with three games, nine points at stake in a week, league tables can change massively, with one team potentially getting no points and another team getting nine. The Scottish government has decided to limit spectators at football to 500 and it wouldn't be a big surprise to see something similar being introduced in England in the new year as well. Right, a possibility that we might return to playing in empty stadiums in England in the new year. And uh, Stuart, some very exciting games in the EFL Cup quarterfinals midweek. Uh, the most exciting, that uh, Liverpool-Leicester game, Liverpool winning it on penalties after a 3-3 draw. Well, yes, the game of the round was Liverpool at home to Leicester City. Leicester led 2-0 and 3-1, but Liverpool equalised five minutes into stoppage time and then won 5-4 on penalties. Leaving the semi-finals with three London clubs plus Liverpool, Liverpool against Arsenal and Chelsea play Tottenham. Now, last week we talked a bit about the future of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and whether Arsenal could afford to do without him. Well, on Saturday... Arsenal beat Leeds 4-1 with a 20-year-old Brazilian, Gabriel Martinelli, scoring twice. And that's four goals and seven starts in the league for him this season. And then when Arsenal beat Sunderland 5-1 in the EFL Cup, Eddie Ketia scored three goals. Ketia, incidentally, was born in London to a Ghanaian family. And then the 18-year-old Charlie Patino also scored in that EFL game, as did Nicolas Pepe. Pepe, the Ivorian, has not scored in the Premier League this season, but this was his second EFL goal. But my point is, just with a number of young strikers to call on, Mikel Arteta may actually feel he can do without Aubameyang. And with Martinelli, Saka and Smith-Rowe scoring in the Premier League against Leeds last weekend, it was the first time for 38 years that three players under 21 had scored in the same top-flight game. And since you asked, Steve, the previous time was Watford, John Barnes, Nigel Callaghan and Richard Jobson, 
Watford against Luton in 1983. But Steve, if you want to see goals, don't go to watch Wolverhampton Wanderers. Their 18 games in the Premier League this season have produced 27 goals. That's a goal and a half per game. If that continues, it will be the lowest number of goals per game for 50 years. Their score last weekend, by the way, nil-nil. Uh, yeah, so Wolves not getting many goals right now. And a reminder, too, that as Passion for Sport, we'll be bringing you a daily show on the Africa Cup of Nations. It's called Cameroon Roars, uh, all about the excitement of the tournament. And you'll be able to listen online and on various radio stations around Africa and beyond. And you can listen, too, on the Planet Sport Football Africa app. That's our daily show during the Nations Cup, and it's called Cameroon Roars. And before we go, as we reach the end of the year, it's been a tough year for many with the COVID-19. But the team here at Planet Sport Football Africa hope that you and your family have kept safe and well during these challenging times. And this week, along with many all around the world, we'll be celebrating Christmas, a special time for followers of Jesus Christ. And one of the names of Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So to all of our friends, whether you follow one particular faith or none, may we wish you a very happy and peaceful Christmas. And we look forward to your company in 2022 here on Planet Sport Football Africa. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Ida Waringa in Nairobi, and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.